Section 14 of A Flurry in Diamonds by Amos Chiptree. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Tom Penn. Chapter 17. We all, save Sloane, jumped to our feet and stood in startled surprise. Mr. Lindley stopped as suddenly as if he had been shot, and altogether there must have been presented for Sloane's admiration as interesting a tableau as it had been his lot to witness for many a day. The silence for a few moments was intense. No one either moved or spoke for the space of a minute, as it seemed to me, when, slowly moving through the doorway, Pierre stepped into the room, his eyes moving from one to another of us, with an expression in his face of mixed wonder and curiosity which I shall probably never forget. The situation seeming to strike Miss Hartwell as something ludicrous, she was the first to break the silence. When we get our wits after this sudden interruption, perhaps we may resume our politeness and— Excuse me, Grace, broke in Mr. Lindley, turning towards us. I know what you would say, but I claim the right to settle this matter in my own way. Turning again to Pierre, as there are some explanations required of you, sir, before you can resume your position and standing in this house, you will oblige me by leaving this room with me and, in a more retired place, explaining your peculiar actions of the past week. Pierre stood with his eyes riveted upon his father's face, deeply interested in his words. As Mr. Lindley concluded, Pierre, with an uneasy, inquisitive sort of look towards the ladies and myself, and a rapid glance at Sloane, who still remained seated, responded, Well, father, I must confess that this is a rather peculiar kind of reception for one to get at home after a week's knocking about the country, i am completely in the dark as to what it all means and my curiosity being considerably excited i desire to get at the bottom of it as soon as possible i am ready sir they had no sooner left the room than relieved of the strain of our late embarrassing situation and recovering our senses we began exchanging views as to the upshot of the affair we should soon know the result so that any further conjectures would not be in place yet we all agreed that so far pierre in word and action had indicated that our confidence in him had not been misplaced we had not long to wait yet to us in our suspense the minutes seemed drawn out into hours presently they returned mr lindley with his arm locked into pierre's and the faces of both covered with smiles advancing towards us as they reached the middle of the room they halted and mr lindley spoke as follows a great load has been lifted from my heart to-night, one that I did wrong in ever permitting to rest there at all. I need only say further that the first part of your prophecy, Fred, has been fulfilled to the letter, and that it only remains for me to keep my promise to you to render it complete. I have already obtained Pierre's forgiveness of my sin towards him, and I turn him over to you for your congratulations as i freely acknowledge the cruelty and wickedness as grace would call it of my mistaken suspicions against him when you get through with him i fancy from some things which came out in our interview that he may have a story to tell which will have some interest to all here including our friend mr sloane if pierre had thought his former reception peculiar he must have considered it fully compensated for in the warmth of the welcome which then met him kate was exuberant in her joy alternating in tears and smiles as she hugged and kissed him miss hartwell though not demonstrative in manner showed much feeling in congratulating him upon his return 
for myself i told him that though i was not at all surprised at the happy ending to the comedy at the same time i was glad more on behalf of the others than on my own account that he had relieved us of further suspense when we introduced sloane to him he received him most cordially and insisted upon his remaining to hear his account of some incidents of the case which might interest him we were soon all seated and eagerly awaiting for him to commence his story looking around our little circle his countenance showing a self-complacent amused sort of look he began in the first place fred i suppose your diamonds should be accounted for so far as my knowledge of them goes i am greatly surprised at hearing from father that you know nothing of their whereabouts it is very strange but perhaps after hearing what i have to say about them you may be better able to account for their second disappearance than i am as he proceeded he had assumed a serious look not at all feigned what can he mean i thought completely taken aback by his words certainly so far he was not very reassuring to our hopes with regards to the missing jewels noticing my inquiring look which was reflected in the faces of the others excepting mr lindley he continued to go back to the beginning of this curious affair last tuesday morning on my way down to breakfast as i was starting down the upper stairway i saw a father coming from his rooms when he was passing the door leading into kate's front room he suddenly stopped apparently startled by something which he saw within the room hesitating only a moment he stepped inside the door and i considerably interested in his strange movements quietly moved down a few steps until i had a clear view of the room what followed then you all know how he removed the diamonds and carried them through into his own room and locked them in his drawer after having discovered winnie handling them winnie came hurrying out and up the stairs without seeing me until she had nearly run against me waiting a few moments for father to get through with the diamonds and go downstairs i went cautiously down and into his room to carry out a little scheme which had occurred to me while watching his maneuvers in the first place i thought him overcautious and mistakenly suspicious of the girl and in the next place was amused over his peculiar choice of a place for securing the diamonds to convince him of the fact that he had not ensured their safety by merely placing them out of sight i conceived the plan of removing them from the drawer and returning them to their proper owner as i passed the safe in going into his room i noticed that it stood wide open this fact i saw would prove of advantage to me in carrying out my little joke why father had not availed himself of the safe in secreting the diamonds was incomprehensible to me as i thought he must have noticed that it was open when he went past it on his way out the first time as you are aware i was not long in securing the jewels after which i wrote the message to kate upon the back of one of her photographs which i luckily found in the drawer as i turned to go the idea struck me that if i should raise the window over the back porch it would add to the excitement when the diamonds were missed and acting upon the idea i threw it open before going out while i was fumbling about the drawer i chanced to look into the mirror in front of me when i saw the girl winnie reflected therein as she stood in kate's room an interested observer of my movements through the medium of the mirror there i cannot say whether or not she caught my glance if she did she gave no evidence of it that i could see i placed the card in the safe in such a position that i supposed it would be the first thing noticed when the safe door was opened i locked the safe for two reasons the first being that as there was much valuable property in it it was as well to have it secured the other and most important one to me just then was that when the diamonds were missed search would naturally be made to discover if anything else were taken 
and kate remembering the open safe would hurry there and finding it locked upon opening the door would discover my message i never imagined it to be possible that any but the correct interpretation of the message could occur to either you father or kate but to make myself secure against your misapprehension of my meaning i suggested your showing it to fred when he should call for the diamonds as i fancied he would do on his way down to business i had no doubt but that he would see through my plan i wrote the message hastily perhaps somewhat excitedly too and its meaning may have been somewhat obscure but if my plan had worked as i had anticipated that would have been of little account as you had plenty of time before i left town in the afternoon to have straightened matters out it was an unfortunate omission that you made in neglecting to look in the safe at first and how you mr sloane should have overlooked it i cannot easily comprehend the conversation at the breakfast-table was convincing to me that the plot which i had laid for a little scare to both father and kate would prove successful i saw nothing of how it was possible for it to miscarry as it appears to have done with such unfortunate accompaniments father it appeared had hidden the diamonds more in spirit of mischief and to have a little fun at katie's expense than from any fear of their being stolen taking the cue from him i coincided with him in his reproofs of katie's carelessness while i inwardly chuckled over the clever manner in which the tables would be turned against him by my little scheme i went first to my office after leaving here as i thought it a little early for you to be at your store i soon became busily engaged in all thoughts of the diamonds and the joke connected with them slipped from my mind for the time it must have been somewhere between ten and eleven o'clock when in searching my pocket for something my hand came in contact with the box and i was suddenly reminded of the diamonds seizing my hat i went immediately around to your place i learned that you had gone out but that your father was in the office as i had not much time to spare i decided to leave the jewels with him and not wait for your return acting upon this decision i walked into the office explained matters to your father and left the diamonds in his care here ends my knowledge of them and i think also my responsibility for them i was completely mystified by this statement of his disposition of the jewels although i had anticipated shortly after he began what it would lead to were there any persons in the office with father while you were there i asked yes he replied one or two gentlemen who were strangers to me and who were about leaving as i entered and now i think of it your traveling man watson was sitting there reading a newspaper we had a short conversation together before your father was disengaged with the other persons did watson learn of your errand there i asked eagerly for i began to suspect something or see the earrings yes to both questions he replied as your father was looking over the jewels after i had told him how i came by them he called watson up to see them of course i took no receipt for them merely stating that one pair of twelve submitted by you had been selected and retained that you knew of this and which pair it was i requested your father to count them and see that there were eleven pairs in the box to which he laughingly assented and pronounced them all right you certainly should be able to account for their absence in some way fred at least so it appears to me there is only one explanation i said which i can think of which promises anything like a probable solution to this new mystery and in the absence of any other i shall proceed upon that it is that watson added the whole lot of those earrings to his stock of jewelry which had already been selected and packed 
it is all right of course provided it is true as i had intended to have him take them or part of them with him but that father should have given them to him without having made any memorandum of the fact or mentioned it to me is very strange and not according to his usual careful business ways true in the excitements of that day in my absence from the store until after he had left he may have had no opportunity of speaking to me but he certainly could not have omitted making some record of the affair and put it with the other papers which he left for me to attend to it is strange indeed but there is no doubt but that the diamonds are all right pierre and will be properly accounted for watson will return to-morrow morning and therefore i shall soon learn whether he knows anything about them father himself will not be back until the last of the week but i know his present address and shall telegraph him for information if i do not succeed in getting what i want from watson you can rest assured that through one or the other of them we shall learn all we want to know but proceed with your story as we are impatient for an explanation of other matters fully as important as this of the diamonds resuming pierre said father has told me mr sloan about the finding of the telegram in my desk and how you and mr blakely connecting it with the discovery of walter clark's absence from the city on business pertaining to the sale of certain lands and with my endorsement of his note formulated a theory which seemed to account for my sudden departure you have my thanks for your charity towards me in this respect when the case against me had so bad a look that father himself could not be convinced of the plausibility of your reasoning it was a very ingeniously constructed theory sir and unlike many of such structures it had the merit of being strictly correct and only needs a little filling in of details on my part clark had negotiated the sale of a large tract situated in the heart of the adirondacks the purchase was in the interest of parties who in prospecting for a site for a hotel had selected this tract as especially available for their uses it was situated in a picturesque region high up among the hills and enclosed a pretty little lake it was at a considerable distance from the railways and to reach it necessitated a long ride over pretty rough roads these facts had heretofore tended to keep its attractions unknown to all but comparatively few of the visitors to those parts but the growing popularity among our people of a summer life in these grand old woods has made a demand for such sites like this of clark's and they are rapidly advancing in value he had obtained the promise of a good price for the land the papers were being prepared and he was expecting to soon consummate the deal when this hitch occurred through a flaw in the title being discovered in searching the records as soon as he was notified of the trouble he hurried up there to confer with the lawyers on the other side hoping that he might be able to clear the matter up by himself without assistance from me it was arranged before he started that failing to accomplish his object promptly he should telegraph me and i should join him at some designated point as soon as possible this was the situation of affairs when the message arrived last tuesday and in response to which i left town so suddenly some time previous to this however i had received the money on father's account and had placed it in the office safe expecting to bring it up to him when i came home that evening as i looked at my watch after receiving clark's message i found that i should have time enough on my way to the cars to stop at the bank and deposit the money i thought this the best plan i could follow with regard to it and did so without stopping to consider the fact that father would have no way of knowing what i had done mr blakely came into the office just as i was ready to leave and i forgot to mention anything to him about my receipt of and disposition of the money though i think i did request him to send word up here about my going away father tells me that he called at the bank next day upon other business 
and that while there he got his pass-book which he had left there some time before if he had examined that book carefully he would have found under the proper date an entry of the deposit to his credit as he can inform you he did so find it a few minutes ago when he consulted the bank book at my suggestion i met clark at the appointed time and place and together we set about it to remove the difficulties in the way of the transfer these difficulties of themselves were slight merely the result of carelessness on the part of someone connected with a former deal in the property in not getting the signatures of some distant heirs but it required considerable travelling here and there about the rough country before we succeeded in finding all the parties we managed finally to obtain all the desired signatures in some cases without much difficulty in others only after considerable argument and for cash considerations we closed up the matter late on saturday clark received his money and we started for home as soon as possible end of section fourteen